Kenmore Church has been given permission to use a building in the suburb of Marika as a community centre and we're inviting you to be a part of our opening event. We're having a free barbecue on Saturday the 18th of June from 2 to 4pm to bless the community. If you can help out with the barbecue, set up or pack down or even some fun face painting, we'd really appreciate it. If you can't make it on the day, there are plenty of other ways you can contribute. Head to our website at kenmore.church to find a list of items we need and ways you can help out. For more information about anything that's happening at Kenmore Church, visit our website at kenmore.church or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. We hope you enjoy the service. Fantastic. If I can just um, echo something there, in in the um, announcements, there was a segment about Maruka and the Maruka outreach, and it's an absolute honor and a privilege to to be able to reach out to these communities, and uh, uh, Christine and and Catherine has been championing that by by consulting everybody around Maruka and in Maruka and the community there. Also, three levels of government is involved in this, in, in, in our involvement there. And uh, they went yesterday to the um, African-Australian Connections Program that was hosted by the Queensland Police uh, just to ask the question, how can we as a community serve them better and reach out to them? Uh, so I want to invite you into that space, the 18th, and, and just echo it. Uh, from the pulpit as well. There's there's a lot of need there, Uh, and one of those are also they have they have two workers there. That's that's part of Youth Justice, whose uh, current um, contract is just temporarily. And uh, we we are trusting the Lord for the resources to make that permanent as well. So pray with us, please pray with us for this, and and come along on the 18th. Even if you just come get your sausage chisel. Uh, can I say this, uh, and, and I'm probably a bit ashamed to say this, it's been a year that we are in country and I've never had a sausage sizzle. <laughs> but I'm going to have my first one at Maruka with that community, so I'm going to invite you. I know, I know. I'm a pen pusher, that's why I don't go to Bunnings. Um, I send my wife, she's better at those things. But, um, no, I'm only joking. But, not about the Bunnings part and the pen push part. And are you excited about the word, church? Great. So uh, I'm going to share you, with you my title, and, and, and it's probably come, it comes out of, out of a series that we are uh, in, 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 in the evening services about worshiping God. And have you ever uh, asked yourself the question, why, why do we actually worship? Why, why do we sing songs in church? Why do we do it collectively? And, and we've answered that question last week in, in our evening service. And then tonight, the question that we're going to answer is, how do we worship God's way? How do we actually worship God's way? Because sometimes it's, it's our, our preference kicks in. Sometimes our intellect kicks in. Sometimes our personalities kicks in, in, in the way we want to worship. But what is God expecting from us in our way of worship. And that brought me to, to this morning's message, and, and my title is Encountering God. Because one of the things that worship help us is to create the platform and, and to, to, to create the environment to have a godly encounter. 
an encounter with Him. Psalm 22, 4 says, when we praise God, He inhabits the praises of His people. He inhabits the praises of His people. And that's fascinating, meaning our, our worship is much more powerful than we think. And our worship can lead to an encounter with God. So here's the goal for me as a pastor, is, is to help people reach the following goals for their life. And, and probably the key verse to set it up for us this morning is in Exodus 3, 33 verse 11. It says the following, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. That is a godly encounter, an encounter face to face. Just imagine for a moment having that encounter in your walk with Jesus, an encounter face to face. But for some of us, this is not our reality. This is not our current situation. Zalvin, you do know you, you are speaking about Moses. I am not Moses. And you may be thinking, but that, that may be possible for Moses, but, but not for me. And for, for some of us, our, our current reality is that he is a distant God. That he is not close, and he's certainly not face to face with me. He's not the now God for me. But church, that is God's desire for you. You have to know that truth this morning is His desire is a face-to-face -face relationship with you. It's a close encounter with you. It's so that you can experience Him and not just hear about Him, but actually experience Him for who He is. I want to read out of 2 Corinthians 3 out of the message translation and says the following from verse 16. Whenever though they, who, who, who's the they there? That, that's the church. That's us. That's you and me. He says, Paul says, whenever though they turn to face God as Moses did. Meaning we can have that encounter with him. So that, 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 where you want to say, but it happens for Moses and not for me. This is for us as well. He says, whenever though they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil and there they are face to face. Meaning God removes the veil, meaning that, that's just a, a word for the barriers in our lives that prevents us from encountering him face to face. God removes the veil, meaning the barriers, all those things, all those hurdles in our lives that, that causes us not to meet him face to face. He removes that and they are face to face. They suddenly recognize that God is a living, personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. 
Meaning that that old way, that religion, that 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 formal way to God is is there, there's not an institute anymore. It's there's there's a free passage for you, a free way for you to meet God face to face. There's no tick box for you to tick to go, I need to get my life in order first. I need to go to church more. I need to use communion more. I need to do this more. I need to pray more. I'm going to everything of those things. There's no tick box anymore. It's removed. It's not a religion anymore. It's a relationship. And we get to experience God face to face. We're free of it. All of us. Nothing between us and God. Our faces shining with the brightness of His face. And so we are transfigured, much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives. And we become like Him. And that wording is important for us this morning. He says, our lives gradually becomes brighter, meaning incrementally. We are taking steps towards God to meet Him face to face. We are taking steps, and as we draw closer to God, we become more like Him. Sometimes we we think because we live in an instant generation, God is going to change my life just like that, and the sinner that was a sinner is no sinner anymore, but we're still going to struggle with some stuff in our life, church. It's gradually changing. We are gradually becoming more mature. We are gradually coming and becoming more like Him. God encounters, encountering God. Now, now that is a very strong word, and and it is important for me to study that word encounter before I come and preach about it. And if you go and study this word encounter, even just Wikipedia, which is not a great source, if you enter in, 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 in the word encounter to start study that word, where does it come from? One of the things that comes up on the internet is quite funny. It, 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 there's a, a word that's with it. And it, and it says, close encounters. Close encounters. Funny enough, close encounters has more to do with UFOs than anything else on the internet. And I've discovered as I am studying this, 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 this word, encountering God, the word encounter, there's people, and, and don't raise your hand if you're one of them, that believes in UFOs and Martians and stuff outside, and they have a word for it, and it's the following, it's ufology, ufology, people that have seen and encountered themselves, ufology. Now, I can't speak for the people that believe in, 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 in UFOs and, and Martian people and, and, and outside of this planet. But I can explain it in a better way, and that is with my trip to New York, because that actually happened. And here's the thing. Whenever I, whenever I talk to people about tourism, because I'm, I'm a fanatic when it comes to travel. If, 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 if I don't get on a plane, I, I, I get withdrawal symptoms. I don't know what happens, but if, if a year passed, that COVID wasn't great for me. I just need, I, I don't like the long sitting. It's just the feeling of going somewhere. 
and the destination and seeing new things and experiencing new things. But whenever I talk about that experiences, like New York, I'm not sure if you have been to New York. Uh, I, I, I have been privileged going twice. In the summer, it's hot. It's, it's not Brisbane, but it's hot. And, and then in the autumn time. And my time in autumn there was probably the most beautiful picture that I've ever seen. It's this transformation of green trees to absolutely red and yellow and and rustic. And and it's out out of this world. The pictures that you've seen over the internet does not do it any justice. And whenever I explain this to people, I see that face and they go, not really interested. Because they can't imagine or, or, or grip the experience that I had. And then this phrase always follows with the explanation of, of that, that, that beauty that, that you've seen. It's the following is, you, you probably should have been there. You probably should have been there. I can can tell you the magnificent experience of, of, of the Niagara Falls. It's incredible. But my explanation will never do the amount of water that you see justice. You probably should have been there to experience it. And that's probably what what we need to create as a church is an experience and an environment for people to actually experience and encounter God so that we can have a face-to-face experience so that we can go, no, 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 you you, you should have been there. No, you can be there. And, And that is my hope for this morning is that I can take you on this journey today to, 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 to know the truth that you can have an encounter with God. You can experience Him face to face. And it is needed. We do need to, we need God encounters, church. What I'm hoping to do is to build my case and then give you the how this morning. And then I'm going to invite you back to tonight's service. And how do we worship God's way? How do we worship God's way? Apart from our intellect and and our preferences and our personalities, how do we actually worship Him His way? How do we create the environment so that we can experience God encounters? We need God encounters, church. We need it, and we need power, not just word. Why do we need God encounters? Because we need power, not just words. Uh, Some of you here this morning are facing some things and situations that words cannot fix, but a God encounter can fix it. Some of you are in dire situations and and you don't know the words to speak anymore. You don't know what to say anymore, but what you need is power, not just words. Why do we need God encounters? Because we need the power of God, not just words, church. We need I'm reminded about a story, and the, guy, the guy's name is called J.C. Hoffman. 
He's one of the, one of the missionaries that we support. And, uh, well, we as a family support. And um, he, he's in Malawi. That's fascinating. If you talk to JC about God's power and, and the works of the Holy Spirit and the supernatural power of God. It's fascinating because he, he lives in a boat on Lake Malawi. And he goes with his boat into villages, from villages to villages. And he goes there and he just prays supernatural prayers and the stories that he has experienced. And he takes, normally he takes groups with him and he takes groups with him to go and experience and to outreach into this, this villages that have never experienced God, does not know the Bible, does not know the name of Jesus. But whenever he goes into this villages, JC, when he goes there, he, he prays, and, and normally they, they would bring all the sick people to him. This one time, he shared about a story about a girl that, that, that did not have any bone in, in her leg, no bone, just flesh, and, and as he prayed for her, God miraculously healed this girl. She's running around church, and there's been people that experienced that power of God alongside them. And his words to me was, Alvin, once that thing starts to happen, once people see the power of God, there's not much preaching needed because they've experienced God's power. They've experienced who Jesus is. They had an encounter. We need Power, not just words. 1 Corinthians 2, 3, 5 says, I came to you in weakness and fear with much trembling. My message and my preaching, not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And, and Paul could have gone there. Paul was, was probably one of the uh, brightest, highly intellectual persons there. And he, he was the guy that probably had the most intellectual answer and, and had the wisest words. And he could have gone there, but he didn't because he knows there's more power in God's power than his wisdom. And we need a God encounter because some of you are going through situations and you don't need another sermon, but you need the power of God to work and move in your life. I'll amen myself. <laughs> Why do we need encounters? We need an encounter and not just explanations. We need encounters, church, and not just explanations. Life change happens when there's an encounter with God. This time of the year is probably my most favorite time, not because it's winter, but because as my journey as a pastor, this was the time that, that we have taken thousands of teenagers on a youth camp always in the July, June, July. And I'm so grateful that Fuse is also happening in this time. We're going to take a lot of teenagers on that camp as well. Why? Because they're going to experience Jesus. And I've experienced over the years on going on this youth camps where, where you take seven or eight buses, busloads full of teenagers to camp. 
Once, once they hit that camp, it's, it's all fun and games, but, but tonight I know there's going to be praise and worship. And they're going to have an experience and an encounter with God. And I've, I've seen over the many years, church, how an encounter with God changes lives. And sometimes we don't have an explanation why things has happened to us, why things have started to change for the better. But, but all we know is we had an encounter with God and suddenly our lives has changed. This world always seem to want explanations, but sometimes we can't give the explanation, but we can create an environment where they can experience God and encounter Him. Jesus healed the blind guy, and, and this is what He had to say when the Pharisees was, was looking for an explanation. This is the answer of the blind guy, John 9, 17, 25. Finally, they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him, he replied, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. One thing that I do know is I was sick, but I'm healed. Zalvin, one thing that I do know, my marriage was torn apart, but I, we had a Jesus encounter, and suddenly it's healed. Suddenly it's restored. Zalvin, I was sick, and I don't know what happened, but someone prayed over me. I cannot give you an explanation, but what I do know is that God has healed me. Church, I've never met someone that had an encounter with Jesus that finds himself at the mercy of someone with a fine argument. We need an encounter with Jesus. I'm just building my case here. We need, we need presence, not just practice. We need the presence of Jesus. We need an encounter with God and not just practice. What I mean by practice is, is, is probably the, the liturgy side of church. And, and don't get me wrong, church literacy is very important. It is important. He's also a God of order. It is important. But God's presence is important. God's presence in church is much more important. I'm not sure if that's the right grammar, but it's good theology and it will preach. God's presence. We need God's presence, church. I need God's presence. You need God's presence. And sometimes we, we can go through the motions and, and we have the order right. And sometimes our focus is so much on the order and the structure that it becomes just a motion that we go through. And once we come to church, just because we're going through the motions, that's the, that's the day when certain things start to die in our lives. We, we, we sometimes get so accustomed to, to the order of things that, that we are so used to it. This is what Romans 8, 11 says. It says, it stands to reason, doesn't it? That if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you. That he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from the dead life. With his, 
with His Spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. I mean, Jesus is coming and Paul is saying, hey, hey, there needs to be life inside of you. But we come and become so accustomed with systems. We actually know what is happening next. We are so accustomed with, with, with just the church system and, and, and church life. We know what happens next. We, we, we are in the rhythm of this. I mean, I can explain this to you. You exactly know when church is going to start. It's going to start right after the countdown at nine, right? You know it. And you know we're going to have at least two fast songs and one slow song. Why? Because we know. You know somewhere in between they, they're going to call the communion stewards and we're going to have communion. You know it. You know it. You, you know when to sit and to stand up. I, I mean, we, we know it. We are so accustomed to the system. And sometimes we are so accustomed to the system, we know what is going to happen next, that we miss what God wants to do with His presence in the now. And I want to explain it to you. They've missed Jesus the same way because they were so accustomed to who Jesus was. He went back to his hometown, and it says in Scriptures, Matthew 13, 55, it says from uh, 53, sorry, it says, And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there, and coming to his hometown, he taught them in the synagogue, so that they were, uh, so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is it not this, the carpenter's son? Look how these people see Jesus. He's coming back to the hometown. He's trying to teach. He's trying to, to teach them. But they only see him as the carpenter's son because they are so used to him. They, they grew up together. They ask the question, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not this mother, uh, his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are all his sisters with us? Then they ask the questions, where then did this man get all these things? See, church, they, Jesus did not perform a miracle in his hometown because they only saw him as the carpenter's son. They were so accustomed to him. They knew him. They knew him. They, they, he, he, he was brought up with them. Same school, same house, same, same environment, same community. And they, they asked the question, carpenter's son. And they still see him as the carpenter's son. Because, church, because they knew the humanity of Jesus, they've missed the divinity of God. They were so accustomed, and sometimes we are so accustomed to our program, to our systems, and, and it is important. Don't get me wrong this morning. Practice is important, church. Liturgy is important. But if it becomes a motion for us that we just go through, certain things start to die in our life. We can't be so accustomed to the systems, church. We need the presence of God. It begs the question this morning, how do you see God this morning? in your life? How do you see Jesus this morning in your life? 
If you see him as the carpenter's son, you're going to get church the carpenter's son. If you see him as a carpenter, you're going to get a carpenter this morning. But church, I don't know about you, but I don't see him as a carpenter. I see him as healer this morning. I see him as our provider this morning. I see him as an all-powerful, all-knowing God. I see him as the one that has set me free. I see him as our prince of peace. I see him as our king of kings and our lord of lords and our master this morning, church. He is our great king, and that's why we need his presence in our lives. How do you see him this morning? Church, we need an encounter. You need an encounter with God. I need a constant encounter with my Lord and Savior. We need it. It is important for us this morning. It begs the question, but how? 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 I want to use Jacob's encounter because... That's the first time. And it's actually powerful when you use someone's story to, to, to explain something because it can help us. Jacob's encounter with God can help us this morning. And it is also the first time that this wording was used in the Bible face to face. And that is important, especially if, if you go to Bible college, that's one of the first things that, that they teach you is, is the law of first mentions. If the goal for us is Exodus 33, 11, to, to meet God face to face like Moses did. If, if that's the goal, right, let's go to the, to the start of that wording, face to face. Where do we find it? In Jacob's story, in his encounter. In Genesis 32, just to give context, Jacob's, Jacob was Isaac's son and his, his grandfather was Abraham and the, the Jacob's, his, his name means deceiver. He, he was part of a, a twin, and uh, Esau was his brother, firstborn Esau, and then Jacob. He literally, he, 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 he grabbed Esau by the heel when he, they got out, uh, and, and, and his name was, was uh, he, he got named Jacob, heel grabber, deceiver. He, his whole life, he, he tried to deceive and manipulate. He even, he even, uh, um, Taught, uh, talked Esau into, into giving him his birthright, and, and Esau sold uh, his birthright for, for a pot of soup. And uh, it's incredible how you can give your future away for something that's just instant. And, and that's another sermon, but anyway. And Jacob finds himself on the run. His life is complicated. He's on the run. He, he was running from Esau. He was running from his father-in-law. He had a complicated life. I mean, Laban, that's another story. How interesting is the Bible? His father-in-law, he married Laban's daughter. And at the marriage night, Laban slipped in his other daughter in the tent. And, and that just complicated everything. And you thought the Bible was boring. I mean, there's great stories in there. So Jacob is on the run. He heard Esau is, is after him. And he finds himself here in Genesis 32. From verse 24, complicated, on the run. Sometimes like ourselves, on the run, not sure what to go and where to go next. Verse 24, so Jacob was left alone and a man, 
the reference of a man there, just for the note takers, that man in the Hebrew is, is translated to either Jesus or angel of God. It was either Jesus himself or an angel of God. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched and wrestled uh, uh, as he wrestled with him. Verse 26. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And that word bless is, is give me an internal joy. Some, some people have perverted that word in, in just making it all about money. But that word bless me is an internal joy. I won't let you go unless you bless me. Then the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. It's interesting. The man didn't want to tell him his name. Why? Because he didn't want to fill his intellectual space with knowledge. He wanted to fill him internally with the presence of God and with the blessing of joy, internal joy. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it's because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. See, there's a couple of things in this story that we can implement in our own lives so that we can experience God face to face. And the key here is by praying. Church, I think we underestimate the power of prayer and how important prayer in our lives is. And we need to pray. We need to pray because if we pray, we, re we receive a new strength. See, we receive a new strength. Jacob could not do it on his own. And actually, he was wrestling with God. He wanted to do it his own way. And God had to hit him on his socket. Why? Because he had to get him actually at a place of weakness and saying to him, listen, you can't do it in your own strength. And we can't do it in our own strength. That's why we need to pray, Lord, I give up. It's not through my strength. I need a new strength. So how do I experience an encounter with God? By praying. So what do I pray? Lord, I give up. I can't. I can't by my own strength do this. Some of us has been keep on, we, we are running. We are at a place where we are running on our own strength and, and we can't and we don't get answers and we get nowhere. We need to pray, Lord, I give up. Why? Because you'll receive a new strength. Isaiah 40, 29 says, He gives strength to the weary and increase the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Verse 31, but those who hope in the Lord will renew 
their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I love it. They will soar on the wings of eagles. Have you ever seen an eagle fly? It's majestic. And while I'm finishing, I wanted to say, I need the piano because and then my English just dried up, like Optus Dada. It's just gone. Gotta love the third language. So what's your second language, Alan? My heavenly tongue. <laughs> Have you ever seen... I'm back at it. Have you ever seen an eagle? I mean, it's just, it's, it's just majestic. They go, and then they go. It's beautiful. That, why? Because they rely on a thermal current, not on their own strength, church. They, re, they rely on, on a different kind of strength. And, and once we go, Lord, I give up on my own strength. You'll receive a new strength. You'll be like an eagle going, and there you go. And it's just gliding, and suddenly things start to fall in place. You don't know why, but because of that encounter, because of that prayer in your life, God, I actually give up. I'm not going to rely on my own strength. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to soar like an eagle. Do you know how, how, my, how, how Christian lives look like currently? Most of us, not like an eagle's. It's like the rest of the birds. Have you seen them? It's... We, we are flapping away but getting nowhere. That's why we need and we need to become desperate for the presence of God and an encounter and saying, God, I in my own strength give up. Because once you get at that place, that's when you'll receive a new power and you can go flying without flapping. And people is going to start noticing, hey, what, what, why? Because of the presence of God. Because of a God encounter. When we start praying, church, and I mean praying, I don't mean your 15-second prayer in the morning. I mean earnestly seeking God. And when we get on our knees and say, God, not in my strength, I can't. That's when you'll receive a new power and meet Him face to face, incrementally becoming more like Him. You also receive a new identity. But we have to pray. We have to pray, Lord, Change me. Lord, change. Jacob, what's your name? Heel grabber, deceiver. He got a new identity, church. God's, God wants to give you a new identity, but you have to pray, Lord, change me. Change me. There's a promise for us in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. It says, forget the former things. 
Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I'm not sure. Maybe someone's life here is feeling like a wasteland. Can you not perceive that God is doing a new thing? Lord, change me. Lord, Lord, I give up. Once we get there, we can experience Him face to face and we'll receive new power. But we also have to, Lord, change me. Transform me. So that we can receive a new identity. Revelation 2.17 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give him a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to him who receives it. How do we encounter God? How do we experience him face to face? Pray that God gives you new joy. A new joy. Lord, bless me. I'm not letting you go until you bless me. And sometimes we think a blessing is just about money and possessions. It's not. It's an internal joy. It's my soul is fully alive. Not happy. Joyful. Happiness is based on circumstances, church. Joy comes from the inside. Lord, bless me. Internal joy. Psalm 16, I close. Psalm 16, 11 says, You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. With it, in, eternal pleasure at your right hand. It's beautiful. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Where's joy? At the presence of God. Face to face, when we encounter Him. Church, sometimes we, we approach God in an intellectual way. Sometimes he's, he's, he's a character in the book that we read. But He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to experience joy. Where's joy? At His presence. So how do I get into His presence? By praying. God bless me. I actually want to challenge you in your life of prayer. You'll open up dimensions that you've never experienced. That wise words cannot explain. We need presence, not just an explanation. We need an encounter. And church, God's love for you is so great. That an all-powerful all-knowing, magnificent God wants to have an encounter with you and me. He wants that from us because He loves us that much. You don't have to be distant and He doesn't have to be distant in your life. He wants an encounter 
And he wants you to experience an encounter with him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. But Lord, thank you also for the grace and that you want to have a relationship with us and want to have us to have a relationship with you. And Lord, I pray for every person here this morning that you will come and just show yourself to them. But Lord, I also pray for a longing in our hearts, for a yearning in our hearts that we want to have an encounter with you so that we can experience your presence in our lives because at your presence we find joy. Lord, I pray for every person here that they will encounter you face to face. And as every eyes is closed, every head is bowed, maybe you are sitting here, maybe you are watching online. You say, Zalman, I've always seen God as distant. I've never experienced Him. Or maybe, second invitation, you have never invited Jesus Christ into your life to experience Him. He wants to have a relationship with you, but He will also have a gift for you this morning. And that gift is the gift of salvation. You can't earn it. We don't deserve it, but it's called grace. It's a grace. And we receive it by grace. If you're sitting this here this morning and you are distant from God or you want to invite Him into your life this morning, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to expose you or call you to the front. I only want to pray for you. And then I'll give you some next steps after the service. But I want you to accept the invitation of Jesus this morning to accept the gift of salvation and Him in your life to encounter him. So if that is you this morning, will you quickly just raise your hand and let it down? I'm not going to call you to the front. Thank you. You can let it down. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to ask the church to pray after me. And then we're going to just celebrate those people who've decided to invite Christ into their lives. So church, as loud as possible, pray after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for your love that surpasses understanding. Lord, I am a sinner in need of grace. And I choose you this morning. As my Lord and Savior, I accept the gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.
Come on, church. People are going to heaven. They've made a decision this morning. Hey, church, I just want to say something. The heavens are roaring at this moment. We can't give him the golf clap. Come on, church. People are going to heaven. I want to invite you, if you raise your hand, there's a next step for you. And on our website, there's a little widget that says, I've little steps. You can choose that, and it says, I've decided. And then you can go give my life to Christ or maybe recommit it. Take that next step. Take that next step so that we can help you give, your, give you your next step in your spiritual journey and, and just help you along, along your way so that you can encounter God even more in your lives. Come on, church. We're going to stand and sing, and then we're going to end the service. 